0: I wanna take a moment to thank Patriot Mobile for supporting Human Events Daily. And whether it's us, the Turning Point Organization, CPAC, or the upcoming March for Life, these guys are there supporting all of it because they're fully in the trenches with you and me. Stop giving money to people who hate you. That's why I'm proud to partner with Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider, and I want you to as well. So you go to patriotmobile.com backslash poso. They offer broad nationwide coverage. And in fact, they're using the same towers as the major carriers. So you get the same great nationwide coverage plus the peace of mind that your money is not going to support the left. Where do you go? It's patriotmobile.com POSO. patriotmobile.com POSO. Veterans and first responders, you're gonna save even more. So make the switch today. Support a company that loves America loves you and shares our traditional values patriotmobile.com poso ladies and gentlemen welcome aboard today's edition of human events daily powered by turning point usa today's top stories mass formation psychosis we're going to dig more into this because last year we've got the documents the who selected none other than obama administration alumni Cass Sunstein to head the COVID response psychological unit. Isn't that interesting? Next up, a hemorrhagic fever has broken out in northwest China just weeks before the Olympics are starting and lockdowns are spreading throughout the country. Third, The CNN producer, John Griffin, former CNN producer, who was arrested, has now been slapped with a $15 million civil suit for child sex exploitation. We've got all the details. And then finally, Kazakhstan's intel chief, who was Hunter Biden's close friend, has been arrested for treason. All of this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. So we've been talking a lot the last couple of weeks about this concept of mass formation psychosis. And Dr. Malone and Dr. Matthias Desmet were the ones that really brought this theory into the forefront. But then of course, the AP and Reuters and all these people, Claire Lemon uh, from Quillette came out and has been attacking uh, Human Events Daily. They've been attacking Dr. Malone, Dr. Desmet for saying, oh, this thing isn't real. It doesn't appear anywhere in the literature. It has nothing to do with what's going on. You guys are making it all up. It has nothing to do with any of that stuff. Oh contraire. Because I looked up the actual paper of the doctor that was used in the AP Fact Check against Dr. Malone, and what did he write? He had a paper published April 30th, 2020, using social and behavioral science to support COVID-19 pandemic response. He talked about negative framing to capture attention, especially for people who are less mathematically skilled. He wrote his words, again, his words. A meta-analysis found that targeting fears can be useful in some situations. Appealing to fear leads people to change their behavior. And then people are highly reacted to choices made by others. Now, this was Dr. J. Van Babel from NYU. But he's talking about something that actually arose years ago from the President Obama administration when he was in the White House in a book called Nudge. The book Nudge was written by Dr. Richard Thaler and Professor Cass Sunstein. Now, if you remember the name Cass Sunstein, he was a guy in Obama's administration who was really behind these things. Uh, They started in the UK. They eventually came to the US. They called them nudge units or behavioral science units. What was the idea behind nudging? Nudging was this idea that you could use psychological tricks from the government, such as anchoring, availability heuristics, representative heuristics, fear, herd mentality, to be able to alter people's behavior, okay? Then we saw something that came out in terms of this. The World Health Organization tapped Cass Sunstein to chair their technical advisory group on changing people's behavior to help save lives all the way back in August of 2020. All right, and this is from Harvard University. You can go look at this. The group was initially conceived in early February, a global open call that sent out applications, fields of anthropology, psychology, neuroscience, and health promotion. In a media briefing, they said, in the face of the, the World Health Organization chief said, that in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic, countries are using a range of tools to influence behavior. Information campaigns are one tool, but so are laws, regulations, guidelines, and even fines. And here's a video, by the way, of them explaining exactly what this concept of psychological behavioral nudging is all about. Here we go. Nudge articulates the idea that people can be persuaded to make the right decisions by simple changes in how choices are presented to them. The theory was laid out in a groundbreaking 2008 book of the same name by economics professor Richard Thaler and law professor Cass Sunstein. So the way Cass Sunstein describes this is, they control what they call your choice architecture. They use psychological tricks through the government and through public health organizations, government organizations, to push this information, to push this influence out across the country. We we all saw this for the last two years. We've all been living under this. And anyone who questioned all of it was screamed at. They said, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're denying science, you don't trust science, you're a COVID denier, all the rest of this. Meanwhile, you actually go back two years ago, we were the first people that were describing what was happening in China. We were the ones saying that we need to lock down the borders to prevent this virus from coming into the United States, right? And then you guys were the ones who attacked us, calling us xenophobes and everything else, President Trump calling him that, when he said, let's lock down the borders because it looks like there's a bad virus coming out in China. This is the problem. They didn't go along with data and science. And that's why the CDC has had to come out now and is starting to walk back all of this. And Jake Tapper is very, very upset over at CNN saying, "How can't believe that you lied to us for comorbidities for 75% of deaths and the hospitalizations. And he's, you know, he's very, very, very upset. Meanwhile, a lot of us all throughout this entire two year period were talking about this because you weren't responding to science. You were responding to psychological trickery behavioral nudging from the likes of Cass Sunstein and others who view it as a kinder, more paternalistic totalitarianism. God bless our new overlords. You know, we just saw in the news this morning that there is a winter bomb that's heading for the Northeast in the United States today. So this is something that could be coming up. Uh, they were talking about temperatures of below negative 45 to de- negative 45 degrees, uh, massive snow drifts in upstate New York, other parts of the Northeast, Boston, et cetera. This is the perfect time, by the way. If you haven't gone yet, go to mypillow.com, use promo code POSO and stock up, right? You want the slippers, you want the robes, you want a nice pillow. They got the blankets, they got so much stuff in there. It is going to be like, if you know that winter bomb is coming for you for your family if you're out west if you're in the mountains wherever you are you just want something nice you're going to be curled up at home for, for a while this is what you have you're going to be sitting there watching on your couch and you to be saying you know guys it's it's time to turn on human events daily it's time to watch just like we do around the fireplace so let's put on our my pillow robes and our sleepwear and get the blankets out and get the slippers <laughs> okay and then you goes to and you're making sure that you're using promo code POSO when you get all of it all right that your homework for tonight. But understand that there's another country out there that's controlled by a group of people called the CCP. And we want to talk about what they're working on in the lead up to the Olympics that are beginning in just 24 days out of Beijing. Major Chinese cities are locked down to control COVID outbreaks. But if you read between the lines, go a little bit deeper in some of this architecture and some of this uh, reporting, what does it also say? The area is also dealing with an undisclosed number of hemorrhagic fever cases. This is from CNBC, a high mortality disease transmitted by rodents. Go watch this video of one of the lockdowns, very harsh lockdowns, that are taking place in China right now. <laughs> Xi'an City confirmed coronavirus case count is far lower than what other cities have reported overseas, but of course we can trust the CCP, right? But the city has also admitted an unspecified number of hemorrhagic fever cases, a high-mortality disease transmitted by rodents. Local authorities have noted the disease appears seasonally, typically from October to January and from April to June. So, okay, we're in that January season, so that's wonderful. Uh, Apparently, it's hemorrhagic fever season in northwest China. What a great time to hold the Olympics. Well, now we also know what's going on because 14 million residents very close to Beijing in the city of Tianjin are now also under lockdown. So Tianjin is basically the port city for Beijing. It's very close, uh, maybe about an hour drive from Beijing. It's right on the Bohai Gulf there. And so this is a huge feeder city for Beijing. So if there's anything that's breaking out in Tianjin, it is not very hard for that to spread very quickly to Beijing. This again is where the Olympics are going to be held. So explain this to me. Why are the CCP Olympics going on when we know — take the human rights abuses, take everything they're doing to the Uyghurs that they've done to Taiwan, that they've done to the Lao Beijing, that they've done to Falun Gong, to everyone else, the Tibetans, right? the house Christians and the persecution that's going on, put that on one end. Take everything that they've done in terms of the lies of the Wuhan lab, put that on the other end, our precursors stealing our our science, our proprietary information from our biomedical laboratories, right, in Philadelphia that we covered last week. But explain to me, remember, Japan, when they were going to hold the original 2020 Olympics, they had to postpone that for over a year. That's why we're getting back-to-back Olympics now, 2021, 2022. So why is it that in the midst of all of this, and you can go through all the cities, right, Uh, Xi'an, Yuzhou, Henan, uh, the city of Anyang in Henan province, Tianjin, they're all locking down all throughout China because it's getting closer and closer to Beijing. So why is it that the CCP Olympics have to go on and the IOC apparently has no problem with this? They can see everything that's going on in China. Hemorrhagic fever virus is spreading. It's hemorrhagic fever season in China, remember. But remember, There's no problem with that, because the CCP cannot be questioned. The glorious reputation of the party must be upheld at all causes. We understand what's going on here. Our world leaders, and particularly our leaders in the West, have been bought and sold by the CCP. Their families, their stock portfolios, all of their companies, their donors, they are directly tied to profits and gains from mainland China. This is why the CCP is allowed to get away with all of this stuff. So if anyone is going to be serious about actually dealing with the threat of the CCP, then you have to be talking about tariffs. You have to talk about sanctioning PRC banks. You have to talk about sanctioning our industries that do business with them. And unless you're going to be willing to talk about the economic component here, the way that Peter Navarro does, then nothing is ever going to change. Mark my words, it is economics that will change this. You know, in the beginning of this segment, I just want to apologize to all of our viewers, to all of our listeners out there, because we have to get in some heady stuff here. And if you've got kids that are listening, throw in the air you know, put them in the other room, say, Hey, guys, you, 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 you go read a book or something because this story is—it's horrific. It's horrific, it's disgusting, it's sick, and it has to do with a former CNN producer and his alleged crimes in terms of child sex exploitation. But, of course, because it's CNN right now, I have to differentiate Because there's two CNN producers that are going through separate cases at the exact same time right now. You got one who was working for Chris Cuomo and another one who was working for Jake Tapper. So understand, these are the two separate producers. So today's story is about the former Cuomo producer, John Griffin. And this is from FoxNews.com. The evidence against Griffin allegedly includes a drone video that he took showing a, quote, completely naked, nine-year-old girl standing next to him while he was in his underwear, according to court filings. When confronted with this video during an interview by FBI agents, Griffin's first response was merely to suggest that he was not looking at the naked girl, despite that she was standing so close to him to be touching the prosecutor's pre-trial detention memo reads. The woman's name is not being used to avoid exposing the child's identity. Now, we also know that federal investigators have seized electronics and storage devices owned by Griffin. Now, there's a $15 million civil lawsuit that has been filed on behalf of this nine-year-old girl against Griffin. And more details about what was going on, presumably details that we'll find out in the coming criminal case, have now been included and released in this document. And even though I would really prefer to not have to talk about this kind of stuff. I kind of feel compelled to have to talk about this because we need to know what this CNN producer was doing. From about April 7th, 2020 to about April 13, 2020, in the District of Vermont and elsewhere, the defendant John Griffin used a facility of interstate commerce knowingly attempted to persuade, induce, entice, and coerce an individual who had not attained the age of 18 years old to engage in sexual activity for which any person could be charged with a criminal offense. He engaged in conversations over Google Hangouts with the person. He claimed that he had sexually trained girls as young as seven years old, and he is looking for candidates that would be able to come out to essentially this chalet that he had in vermont for what he called sexual training for underage girls he contacted them over google hangout he used different websites to be able to reach out to them and he said one of the biggest lies in this society is that women are delicate innocent angels and that in actuality naturally they are the dirtiest possible in every metric when handled appropriately, a woman is a woman, regardless of her age, and that is why he asked the women to be brought to him to be, quote, trained properly. Now, following this conversation over kick as well as text and phone, telephone communications, he used an internet payment service Venmo to transfer about $2,000 to cover expenses for her and her nine-year-old daughter to fly from Nevada to Boston. On or about July 15th, 2020, John Griffin drove his 2019 Red Tesla Model X from Ludlow, Vermont to Logan Airport in Boston, Massachusetts, to pick her up and her nine-year-old daughter and to bring them to his Ludlow, Vermont ski house, where the child was directed to engage in and did engage in illegal sexual activity. Ladies and gentlemen, this is some of the most horrific stuff that we would ever have to talk about in any given reporting situation. But the fact of the matter is, this was going on a year and a half ago at CNN. You have this other producer for Jake Tapper, who was apparently also involved in soliciting photos, uh, talking to women who had underage girls. And it's a very similar kind of setup where he's targeting women who have underage girls. And this is, by the way, a textbook example of how pedophiles go and reach out their prey, how these predators reach out and find young girls. They're not contacting them directly, and unfortunately, what these groomers do, and we saw this, by the way, in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial when the clinical behavioral psychologist came out, she stated, that they groom the parents first, and then they groom the daughters. That's what they're seeing here, and we need an independent investigation of everything at CNN to explain what's going on here. So you guys remember Kazakhstan, right? Remember there was that uprising, and then Russia was going in to put it down? and suddenly nobody was talking about it anymore, well, we here at Human Events Daily are not going to do that. One thing that we always do, and I always say this, we don't leave stories behind. We always follow up, and we're going to follow every story to its end, and we're never letting go of these things. You saw that, by the way, when we covered the Dominic Black uh, plea deal, the fact that he was able to get those felonies dropped in terms of the AR-15, and it's it's simple. It's simple as this. By the way, we're also following up Waukesha, Daryl Brooks, the guy who was driving the car he is going to be on in hearing coming up this friday and we're going to cover that in full detail that's something that human events does that other other media just doesn't really seem to do you know it's just headline of the day headline of the day headline of the day always driving forward no we're going a little bit deeper and we're explaining what's going on so kazakhstan the former intelligence chief of kazakhstan who posed in a photo with Hunter Biden and President Biden, who Hunter Biden described as his close friend, has now been arrested for treason. His name was Karim Mazimov, and he ran Kazakhstan's National Security Committee up until last week. He and other into unnamed intelligence officials were arrested the day after they were fired. Uh, we don't exactly know when this picture of them came out, but essentially, the president of Kazakhstan is now describing this uprising as a failed coup. And Putin is describing it this way as well. Hundreds have been killed, over 8,000, we see numbers 8,000, as many as 10,000 arrested. Look at some of the footage now coming out of Kazakhstan. And there's another happy article out of the Moscow Times. I don't read the Moscow Times very much, but in one of these situations, I think it's interesting because we have to go and look the same way when you're reading CNN or Washington Post. When you read something out of like the China Daily or the Moscow Times or Pravda, you got to read between the lines a little bit to understand what's actually going on. So this is incredible. Moscow Times, three Kazakh security officials found dead in wake of unrest, right? They also included that one of them, the colonel, um, uh, the the body of colonel Asmat Ibayev was found outside his home in the Kazakh capital of Nur-Sultan. Baza, a Telegram channel believed to have links to Russia's security services, claimed that Irbayev fell from a high-rise building. Oh, so he just, you know, in the wake of this failed coup, he just happened to fall out the window of his apartment building. Okay. Remember what I said, read between the lines a little bit when you're reading anything out of Russia, out of China, out of CNN, New York Times, Washington Post. That's another thing that we have to do here at Human Events Daily. So understand what's going on. Putin, Kazakhstan, they cracked down. They said no coup. It's similar to what happened in Belarus when you saw the crackdowns last, uh, what was it, around September or the fall of 2020. They viewed that as a stolen, illegitimate election for Lukashenko. The people started coming up. You saw a lot of Western EU support for the people, and then it was totally shut down. The CSTO is not allowing any of these things. After they saw what happened in Ukraine, the Maidan revolution 2013-2014 that ousted Yanukovych, They said, no more of this, no more coups, no more getting rid of the people that we want in power. We are gonna hold on to power regardless of what it costs. Remember, Kazakhstan is only a country less than 20 million people, I think about 19 million. But in terms of their size and their geopolitical proximity, the fact they have Bitcoin, uranium, they are a geostrategic country on the world island. Read your Mackinder. That's it for us today, Human Events Daily. Thanks again for watching. Remember, be the influence agent. Share this out with one of your Normie friends. That is how we get our signal out. They're gonna try to shut us down. They're gonna try to do everything they can. So whether you're on Twitter, whether you're on Getter, whether you're on Rumble, whether you're on any of the places you can find us. And by the way, go to Rumble if you wanna watch this. I know there's a lot of people who listen, but if you wanna watch Human Events Daily, you go to Rumble. Uh, They're they're on Roku now. They have the Rumble TV app. You go, you download the app. You can watch the channel for free. It's Human Events Daily. We post it every single day. The video of this along with the audio. So if you want to see some of the videos we're talking about, the maps that we do, the graphics that we do, get more of the analysis directly to you every single day. Be good, be brief, be gone. Faster than anyone, more high impact, and more valuable analysis than anyone is doing out there. Today's moment in history. In 1838 in Morristown, New Jersey, at the Speedwell Ironworks, Samuel Morse and Alfred Vail unveiled for the first time telegraph messages known universally as Morse code. If they try to shut us down, we might have to go back to it. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.